Welcome to Under the Hoodies. This is Bill Kegel. I am joined today by Tony DeNicola. Tony, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Trying to uh, get over my heartache from the other day, but uh, just one day at a time. That's that's how you deal with loss. Just one day at a time, my man. Just remember that the further away it gets in time, the better everything is. So right after the kick by Mason Crosby went in, that was the worst moment uh, of your life. And then at, on the drive home, still pretty terrible, but not as bad. Um, and then now today, I mean today, I mean your devastation level at a scale from 1 to 10 should still be at about 11. But at least not at 23 yeah. like it was uh, right after the Mason Crosby kick went through the upright. Well, you know what sucks about it too is just as I start to forget about it and I'm over it, just some jerk off at work just has to bring it right back up like hell hey man haven't seen you in a couple days oh that game was rough the other day did you watch it did i watch it what kind of stupid asinine question is that did i watch it screw you i hope you get in a car wreck when you go home i hope he gets into a car wreck when he's not even in his car i hate who are these trolls like it just who who gets off on the on the just the the suffering of another human being sports or not it's just like you're a sick f like you're on the same wavelength yeah. you're you're all right you're one end of the spectrum and then jeffrey Dahmer's on the other end but you're on the same damn scale like if you ask me so i hate these people but um i would love to take a page out of Dahmer's book and just eat these people just get the final sick twisted laugh let's hope that uh let's hope that they're uh their their lives are doing that to them you know as we speak because uh i hate these people so anyway yeah. all right first thing we're gonna review do you want to talk about any other game do we anything you want to touch on before we jump into the dallas green bay game uh well we could touch on a few of the others but do you want to just knock it out because we're already talking about it as it is uh well the only thing i really wanted to say first because i i you know we wanted to not necessarily deep dive but we definitely want to get our uh our nipples up to the to the water level of that game because you know the other ones we'll just have our toes in so ladies and gentlemen it's the return on under the hoodies of bill kegel's nipples we took a week off uh last time so it's great that they're back yeah i i like to shoehorn my nipples in whenever i can so here we go um tom brady really looked old and the uh, Houston game, uh, that was more the Dion Lewis show, uh, you know. And yeah. good up to them. I mean, that dude's been hurt for like a, what seems like a year and a half. But uh, boy, when that guy's playing, that that offense is unstoppable, even without Gronk. I mean, Martellus Bennett looked really good. Um, I mean, I think just overall, though, I think that Tom Brady. I mean, think about the two last two good defenses he's played. Seattle got slapped. Last three, okay. We'll say Denver in the NFC, or excuse me, in the AFC Championship game last year. Got hit quite a bit. Didn't have a great game. Not necessarily on him. I more blame that in the offensive line. But he's Tom Brady. Did play well against them. Another good defense comes rolling in a Foxborough cross-country trip. And they got kind of pushed around all over the field by by Seattle on a Sunday night. And then Houston. Granted, they won by 18. But they're the only team that can have a quote-unquote bad game and still somehow win by 18. But... I don't know. That game, maybe not the score-wise, but it was a lot closer than people thought. I mean, imagine if they had a decent quarterback, the Texans. They'd probably have a, make that game a lot more interesting than the final score would indicate. But uh, but I don't know, man. We'll see what Tom Brady has. Pittsburgh's defense, they don't, you know, they're not lighting the world on fire. But Bud Dupree's playing out of his skull. Ryan Shazier's playing out of his skull. The defense is very frisky on uh, Pittsburgh. So, uh, I mean, what did you take away from uh, from just Tom Brady's last handful of uh, performances against these uh, th- these above-average defenses? Well, what I take away from it, as much as we give credit to Tom Brady, and he's one of the greatest of all time, the guy is an absolute prima donna. I mean, God forbid if you touch his jersey or knock him down. I mean, he's just whining to the refs, looking for a flag, every possible situation. It's It's got to be the Ugg boots, man. I think wearing the Ugg boots is just poisoning his mind. He's becoming such a little Nancy boy. Like, it's football, man. Like, 
just suck it up and deal with it. But that's how you that's how you handle Brady. I mean, we saw it with your Giants in the two Super Bowls. You get pressure on Brady, you put him on his butt, you just completely take him out of his game. I mean, he threw two interceptions in that game. He hasn't I think he's what, thrown two interceptions total the entire season. He had two against Houston. And it's like you said, I mean, if they didn't have a dumpster fire quarterback with Osweiler, like, I mean, a, a better team, better quarterback team could have made a game out of it. No, I agree with that 100%. And um, I don't know, man. I, uh, I, I do think Texans, I think if they were to get Tony Romo, look out for them in the AFC next year. I think with any kind of competent oh, quarterback, absolutely. I think the way that that roster's constructed, very, very impressed. I'm not going to lie. Very impressed with them. And it does look like Bill O'Brien is there for the long haul. So uh, good on Houston. You found a good head coach. Uh, you you know, you just need to get the quarterback position right. I don't know what they're yeah. going to do with the remaining three years of that contract, but... That's the only piece missing. I mean, Lamar Miller, you know, good to great running back. DeAndre Hopkins, phenomenal wide receiver if you just get the ball near him, which noodle arm Osweiler can't do. That defense, I mean, top-notch defense without J.J. Watt. Imagine if he comes back healthy next year with just, you know, the the emergence of Jadavion Clowney. I mean, this, this team has all the pieces minus the most important one, which is quarterback. And, yeah, if they get Tony Romo, I mean, and Romo's healthy, like – Look out for the Texans, but until then, I mean, they're just they're going to keep just trudging along in mediocrity. It's it's sad for the team. I like how you said mediocrity. By the way, that's uh, I like mediocrity. No, yes, no, no. You. I like that better. I like your version better. It's very uh, oh. you know, it's it's different. I like it. So appreciate that. Yeah, that so, community college degree that I don't have is kicking in. Hey man, I uh, I always joke that I would have a PhD in community college studies if uh, if if there was such a thing. So. Um, so you know, there's kids that go to college for like broadcasting and like hope to do this one day, and you and I just get to do it on a whim. Yeah, it's funny what sixty dollars a year will afford you, huh? So yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um. All right. So that game aside, uh, I saw nothing really in the Falcons game other than the fact that the Falcons offense, even without Julio, who I think was limited to like forty six snaps in that game, um, still pretty dynamic. Devontae Freeman was uh, catching the ball over the field. Coleman was was you know doing doing his thing. I, I, Muhammad Sanu is a problem for the Packers. I, I think, uh, and we'll talk about the game later. But I just think taking uh, seeing what I. I guess what I would interpret as a good defense uh, just gets slapped around by the Atlanta offense. It's just something that uh, I think that Green Bay is going to have a lot of issue with just because Green, Day, Green Bay's defense, not quite on the same level as Seattle's, but still, yeah. I mean, they're, they're very well coached. They're pretty disciplined Green Bay, but uh, not the kind of talent that, uh, that Seattle has. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I think we're looking at a shootout, um, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But uh, that's really what I took from that game, other than the fact that Seattle really needs to address their offensive line issues. Um, but, no, it, it didn't seem like Atlanta really had any problem doing anything on offense. No. I mean, they have so many weapons. It's ridiculous. They have a two-headed beast at running back with Coleman and Freeman. I mean, Coleman, 11 rushes, 57 yards. Freeman, 14 rushes, 45 yards. Caught four balls on the backfield, was their leading receiver in 80 yards. They Five different players caught a pass from Matt Ryan. Or five different players caught three or more passes from Matt Ryan. Excuse me. I mean, Julio Jones, six catches for 67, a touchdown. Sanu had a touchdown. They just they have so many weapons. You can't just lock in on one guy. You lock in on Julio, it's going to Sanu, or it's going to Freeman out of the backfield. Like, there's just... There's too much for them to handle. And, yeah, I do worry with Green Bay a little bit too, and we'll get to it. But it's for a top-notch defense with Seattle, and, yeah, they were missing some pieces. I mean, they just they they just couldn't keep up with Atlanta. And that's the key with Atlanta too. They get up big early, get up by a couple scores, and then they can just start rushing your your quarterback. Like, that's, that's how they play into their defense. Their offense powers their defense, much like it, uh, Dallas did this season. No, I 100% agree with that. So... <clears throat> Anything else you wanted to talk about? I mean, I, I would actually like to just get into, uh, we have a segment, we're just doing two quick news stories. Um, you know, everything that's going to be said about those games have been said. I, I, I just want to, I sort of want to just move on from these games. They're done. Nothing really spectacular outside of the Dallas Green Bay game um, in any of those games. So, uh, I, yeah, I do have a quick point about the New England one. Um you know, our buddy there, Nate, I made a bet with him on the New England-Houston uh, game. I gave him 20 and a half points with the Texans. And he won the bet. So, um, 
For those of you in the Syracuse area, I'm going to pay up that bet on February 28th at the Florida State game. Uh, I guess apparently I'm going to be wearing some kind of sign. January 28th. Or yes, January 28th. Excuse me. Thank you. But uh, yeah, I'll be wearing a sign that basically says, I, in some way or form, I'm the idiot who took the Patriots plus or minus 20 and a half. So if you happen to see us at the game, come up, talk to us. You know, I'm... There'll be a few other things going on. I'm going to have a megaphone, which is always dangerous, but we'll see how that goes. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to get you a megaphone. Of all people, oh, you a megaphone? The lady, man. That was a birthday gift. Of all people to give a megaphone, you give this this maniac one. I got to get new batteries for it, too. I want to make sure they're uh, they're completely charged and ready to go. Why does that girl hate herself? I, I, don't, I don't understand that. The fiancé should know better than this. So who gets you a megaphone? Yeah. Oh, you're like glutton for punishment. You're gonna be a real Jimmy Hart out there. I have a feeling. Um, yeah, it's got a siren on it too, and like a little jingle. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. I'm probably gonna get arrested. Let's be honest. Yeah, we can't wait for that. Okay, so you know what was funny about the Cowboys Green Bay game? Oh, what was funny? Please tell me, because that game just had me in stitches. I chuckled so hard from it. The second Aikman brought up bringing Romo in, that's when Dak turned it on. I, and obviously, yeah. there's no way for him to know that that Aikman said anything. But the second he brought it up, there was a pass to Dez, and then the second pass he threw was a t- was the touchdown to Dez. And then uh, I think he went what seven for seven after that. He he had a stretch where he didn't. He had a it's oh I think it's so weird Go how ahead. announcers do that too because I don't believe in karma. I don't believe in luck. I believe life is a bunch of choices you make. There's no there's no predetermined fate. It's just the things you do, the choices you make. But it seems every time an announcer brings up, oh, he's, he's made six field goals in a row, or he's done this, or this streak is going on, it always tends to go the opposite way. It's amazing how that always happens. And it's such a weird coincidence, too. It's because, like I said, it's not like Dak knew. Like, he's saying that as Dak's coming to the line, he throws that beautiful pass to Dez, and then the touchdown pass to Dez, which, you know excuse me, uh, had sort of the remnants of the uh, the the last time these two played in the playoffs where Dez uh, bobbled the ball and it was a not a catch, but it was a catch, and who the hell knew? Ultimately, it was ruled not a catch, obviously, like everybody knows. But yeah, And let me put that to bed quickly because as a Dallas fan, as a diehard, that wasn't a catch, but that rule is beyond stupid and needs to be fixed. No, I couldn't The agree. fact that he can catch the ball – take three steps and reach out to the goal line and somehow that's not a catch that's absolutely just so ridiculous it's insane no i couldn't agree more um so yeah that being said though what turned out to be what seemingly was a lopsided game turned out to be quite quite the game at the end i mean um i think hands down game of the year i mean the only thing is close would maybe be pittsburgh dallas but this game had so much more on the line yeah, no, I'd 100% agree with that. So uh, I took some notes. Uh, unfortunately, my daughter was um, had other plans for me. So at first, I mean, it, really, this is this is most of these notes take place in the second, or excuse me, in the, in the end of the second quarter. So there's really no pass rush at all by Dallas. Rodgers in the offense no. literally could not move the ball, period, at all. Or excuse me, Rodgers in the offense looked unbeatable. They couldn't stop them. It, it just, just Dallas could do nothing. So uh, Dak, two throws, Dez second to touchdown after Aikman says what he said about Romo coming in. And then they also went 92 yards in 74 seconds. And uh, the one thing I did take away from this, though, after watching both defenses, especially sort of the middle to the end of the game, whoever Atlanta was going to play at that point, all I kept thinking was, is how the hell are they going to stop the Falcons? Just how? I I mean, it, it just, there wasn't a lot of defense in parts of that game. And it was sort of... I don't know, sort of perplexing considering that both these teams, you know, are made it as far as they have. Um, but I think that speaks, yeah, obviously speaks to Aaron Rodgers, but I think on Dallas's end, this speaks more to Dak. And and Elliott is a great player, right? Elliott will, will be a great player for, the you know, the next half to full decade, right? You know, depending on how he's used and whatnot. I mean, we've seen guys like DeMarco Murray just get just force fed the ball and i mean he's still he's 29 still playing at a really high level but dak that is the person i came the most oh i came away with being the most impressed by as a giants fan i really worry about that guy being in the giants division for the next you know 12 to 15 years i think if anything the cowboys could could 
take a, a lot away from that game and a lot away from what Dak did, considering what was on the line, first ever NFL playoff game, all the pressure in the world is the, the, uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs in Jerry's world. Like, it was just... It was just super impressive. The whole thing by Dak to have that composure as a 23-year-old was just super, super impressive. And I think Cowboys fans, man, stop. Realize what you have. Say goodbye to Romo. It's going to suck. It's going to suck when the Giants get rid of Eli. It's going to suck for Pats fans when they get rid of Brady. Steelers fans for Big Ben. All these guys, that they you know move on. If you have a guy like Dak, a guy that showed what he did in the playoffs... Move on from the old quarterback. Stop with the nostalgia. You have what every single team in the league covers, and that's a franchise quarterback. And even more so, a franchise quarterback that doesn't make nearly... It makes it takes, what, Romo, what, I think a quarter and a half to make Dale, Dale, uh, excuse me, Dak's yearly salary? I looked it up earlier. Dak's current contract, four years, $2.7 million. Romo makes that in about a game, maybe a game and a half. Exactly. So, no, let's say he makes it. What's he? What's Romo make a year? I think it's like eighteen or nineteen. Okay, million. so he's about oh, a little over a million a game. So he's making that in about a half. That's yeah. that's insane. So to have a quarterback that polished, that young, that's making that kind of money. I mean, look at what Seattle did when Russell Wilson wasn't making what he makes now. They they were able to build a Super Bowl winning roster, Super Bowl competing roster. I mean, they almost won two Super Bowls with that. They got knocked out in the first, or excuse me, in the second round of the playoffs against Washington. Uh, you know, as as or excuse me, not against Washington. Who did they lose to in the second round of that uh, in 2012? They beat Washington, but anyway, they lost in the second round. I mean, they were competing for Super Bowls from the beginning, um, and and they were able to retain a lot of their superstars and be what they are now because what they were paying Wilson. I don't think Seattle's going to be able to replicate that success because Wilson's contract is so big and they're being hamstrung by it. So all of what I'm saying is is that Dallas is in a great position right now. They're going to move on from Romo, hopefully get some kind of pass rush for him. And I say hopefully as I'm a Dallas fan, but as a Giants yeah. fan, I hope this all backfires and blows up in their face. And Jerry Jones comes out as the I want to draft Jenny, Jerry, uh, Johnny Manziel, Jerry Jones, but Stephen Jones seems to... Uh, you know, sort of uh, cup that, but anyway, my my overall point here is the the Cowboys are in a great situation, one of the best situations in the league. Be happy. This sucks right now, but be happy because you guys are going to win a Super Bowl at one point in Dak's career. There's no doubt, in my yeah. mind, that's going to happen. Just, it takes time, man. Like right now, we're just licking our wounds. Like we need to get to the off season and just forget about it for a while. Um, but yeah, the future is so bright. I mean, you got Zeke under a rookie deal. You got Dak under a rookie deal. Dez is signed long-term. All the offensive line, except Ronald Leary, is signed long-term. Um, the only real issues we have are free agents is our secondary. But let's be honest, our secondary is pretty terrible. Like, Mo Claiborne, goodbye, see you later, don't care. Brandon Carr, you can walk out the door as well. The only guys I'm maybe worried about are uh, Barry Church and Wilcox. But yeah, I mean, and if we can... Either just cut Romo outright, renegotiate his contract, trade him, just use that cap space and go after some pass rush. I mean, the Cowboys have a great shot to be good, if not great, for the next, you know, two, three, maybe four years. Like, our window's wide open. I'm not worried about the future at all. And as much as people are saying, oh, yeah, next year the schedule looks so brutal because we finished in first place, we have to play a bunch of first place teams, we have to play the AFC West. I'm not worried about that. We're a good team. When we stick to our game plan, when we run the ball and punish teams, we cannot be beat. The only three times, and I leave out the Eagles game because let's be honest, Mark Sanchez, who cares? But the only three games we lost this year, two to the Giants, the one to Green Bay, we got away from our game plan. We didn't run the ball enough. That's how we protect our defense. That's how we win ball games. Zeke only had 22 rushes for 125 yards. The fact that he wasn't getting the ball more in the first half absolutely killed me. I, the time of possession, I said it last week. That's how the Cowboys win football games. The time of possession was damn near even. Green Bay, 29 minutes, 46 seconds. Dallas, 30 minutes, 14 seconds. That cannot happen. Get back to Cowboy football, run the ball, punish them, and just wear them out for the fourth quarter. I mean, we started to see it toward the end. The Cowboys outscored Green Bay 18-6 to in the final quarter. I feel like if we win another half quarter or a full quarter, Cowboys win that game. 
No, I thousand percent agree with you. I, I I thought that the game plan that you were talking about, which is the Super Bowl forty two Giants Pats game plan, which is keep the ball out of the best players' hands. Uh, yep. I think that's what Dallas really got away from. So, um, so yeah, Rogers should not been out there that much. I mean, and the, again. They were one-dimensional. All they did was chuck the ball. But it's Aaron freaking Rodgers. He's the best in the business at chucking the damn ball. 28 for 43, 355 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And, oh, my God, that throw at the end, as much as it pained me, that was one of the most beautiful throws and catches by Jared Cook we've seen in NFL history. That ranks right up there with the, the Pittsburgh one in the Super Bowl, the San Antonio Holmes. That ranks right up there with uh, Eli Manning to – um. Was it Manningham, Manningham on the sideline? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it ranks right out there. It's such a beautiful throw and catch. I mean, the guy covered 31.97 yards scrambling around, buying his wide receivers time. He called a play dash pass left. He changed the protection on the offensive line so that he could roll left and then adjusted his wide receivers routes in the huddle. I mean, the fact that he can do that, the guy is just, nobody plays the position better than Aaron Rodgers right now. The only person that can compare in his prime is Brady. I think Brady's a, a slightly past his prime. Not agree. And the thing that, you know, and, and we'll both admit that Brady's great and Brady's the best quarterback in my lifetime, but Brady never had the athleticism as Aaron Rodgers. Just never had no. it. So I don't know. My thing right now is, is that it's not Aaron Rodgers. It's the rest of the team. I mean, if Dallas did that to their defense, makes me wonder what Atlanta's going to do. So that's, that's worrisome. Um, but yeah, yeah, if Green Bay could just run the ball better and just control more of the clock, I'd feel a little bit better about them. But it's, I just feel like they're going to keep getting, it's going to be a shootout either way. I think it's going to be so much fun to watch, but if they just keep giving the ball back to Ryan and all those weapons, man, I worry it's almost who's going to have the ball last might win this game. Yeah. A thousand percent agreed. I'm actually really looking forward to both games. Um, yeah. So, all right. Just to remind everybody, you are listening under the hoodies. That's Tony DeNicola at TonyQs44. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter at under the hoodies. And I am bat at, uh, excuse me. I am I full disclosure here, I was very sick today. Uh it probably shouldn't have worked. Probably should be doing the podcast. I look like Tom Hanks at the end of Philadelphia right now. So with that caveat in mind, I am at Bill K Eagle. And, and can sh- we help him out on Twitter, folks? I mean, he's got like 130-something followers. Oh, like, hold on. 2100. Hold on. Can I help a brother out I here? have 142, sir. 142. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, why don't you leave help me Help him out. Follow him, DM him, hit him up, retweet him. Like, let's go. Help a brother out. Yeah, man. I uh, I need those numbers. Because um, all of there are pictures of my kid, me, and that's really it on there. I like that. I like I like the Under the Hoodies uh, Twitter handle better. I mean, there's more going on over there. So, um, I still can't believe we got that thing. That that had not been taken. That was just sweet. That's great. So, yeah, uh, BackSportsPage.com. Uh, they're doing a year in review over there. Tony and I are going to contribute something uh, on the MMA side because him and I did watch um, – what a lot of people are calling the best fight of the year uh, in the uh, Tyrone Woodley, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Oh. Wonderboy! And you know what's... What yeah, the secret it, of your power? UFC 210 is coming to Buffalo. And UFC... 211. T- Sorry, 211. Sorry. And uh, unfortunately, we are going to miss the Thompson-Woodley fight. Uh, I think we're going to miss it by two UFC events. That's very sad. Uh, I, although I have no desire to go to it because I just feel like the product is so much better on TV. But um, but yeah, Tony and oh, I. Oh, we gotta go for the experience, man. It's gonna be fun. I don't think I'm gonna go, but we'll talk about this off air. So wow, spoiler alert. So, all right, we're gonna do a new segment, and this is very uh, hmm. boy, creative is not strong enough of a word. We're just basically gonna go over two quick news stories uh, in sports. First one, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this, but uh, I was I was wondering if you did because you and I haven't talked about this really. The Antonio Brown Facebook Live incident with Mike Tomlin calling Bill Belichick and the Patriots assholes. I like it because what are Bill Belichick and the Patriots if not assholes? So I oh I thought you meant you like the Facebook Live part. I hate that, but I mean, what do you expect Tomlin to say to fire up his guys? I love Tomlin, dude. I don't think he's necessarily a great coach. I think he's a good coach. He's not a great coach, but I love that guy. He's the best. He's yeah. so good in press conferences. He's a he's a great motivator, much like Pete Carell. I mean, he's not he's not the best X's and O's guy, but I think he's 
I don't know. He just fits the mold of that team, you know, just the the aura of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's the perfect head coach. Yeah, you're spot on with that. He's the perfect head coach for the Steelers. I don't know, man. I love that guy. He has smart people around him. Todd Haley running the offense. I mean, that guy is just he, he he's just great on offense no matter where he goes. Not a head coach, but definitely a lifelong coordinator, that's for sure. So have you, by the way, seen the uh, the meme of Mike Tomlin and how he has an assistant that looks exactly like him, like a twin? <sighs> That's really Someone smart. put up how uh, it's crazy how the NFL now has backup head coaches. <laughs> I actually sort of like that. Um, I actually heard an interview on uh, Adam Carolla's show with Omar Epps and how they're basically a doppelganger for each other. So Omar Epps, if you, uh, if, if anybody, I think the majority of people would know him from House. He was Dr. Eric Foreman. Uh, looks a lot like Mike Tomlin. I know him from the uh, great movie Juice starring Tupac. Uh, Omar Epps, great in that movie. He's a 17-year-old. Fantastic. My uh, wife would know him from Love and Basketball. She loves that movie. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> a terrible movie, dude. Terrible, terrible movie. So, all right. Uh, I, yeah, I really didn't have a big deal with it. I think the media is making it up into something more than it needed to be. I mean, he violated the, the, the uh, social media protocol from the NFL. It, it, whatever. The NFL dumps freaking stories on Friday afternoon so no one for everybody forgets about them when they have to dump like they did I think the Ray Rice investigation the the deflate gate investigation all were Friday afternoon dumps and no one really you know I, 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 the NFL is just a bunch of hypocrites but they do nothing but print money and make the owners money so no one's it's never going to change so yeah, I don't think the NFL should care too much but I understand why Tomlin cares That's, oh that I agree with and I, I don't even think it's so much like a violation of trust that he did it. I think it's more you just gave Bill Belichick and the Patriots the one thing you never want to give them, and that's bulletin board material. Bill Belichick must have the biggest bulletin board ever, by the way, because people just pop crap about them. Oh, that all thing's the time. massive. It's like one of those on the highway, and it's the electronic <laughs> ones that you can change at a whim. Yeah, exactly. So the other one I really wanted to talk about was the um, Aaron Rodgers family story. Interesting timing on that getting printed, by the way. Basically, during the game, it came out, the New York Times. Now, this is what I hate about media, right? Absolutely despise it. Now, if this podcast grows into something and you and I become actual members of media, this is something we're always going to avoid. And my biggest problem with this is the fact that this has absolutely zero to do with sports. This is him away from the field. This doesn't affect him on the field whatsoever. A crime being committed affects a player on the field because he might get suspended. You know, testing positive for a uh, banned substance. That is that pertains to sports directly. This has nothing to do with anything. Oh, real quick. Uh, while we're talking on the Aaron Rodgers thing and his family, um, the lady's in the kitchen, and she uh, watched The Bachelor, so she might have an opinion on uh, Rodgers and uh, his brother. No? Nothing? She's waving me off. I'm sorry. She's microphone shy. Oh, did you want to say that over here quick? Yeah, Maggie, get up close to the mic. Aaron Rodgers' brother seems kind of like a douche. And I'm going to clarify for her, not only is he kind of like a douche, the whole family is an absolute just collection of douchebags. Because why on national television do you set a table and leave two empty chairs on purpose? That's such an effing ratings grab, and I swear to God, I wish they could really swear do right. that. Like knowing he's not coming, they leave an empty place setting for him. They did on the show. They absolutely did on the oh, show. Okay. That's so low. I didn't pay attention to the show. Thank God, yeah. I, I actually still have a penis. Well, I know it because I listened to Bill Simmons and he brought it up. Then I looked it up, but it was ridiculous. Um, okay. And the other thing I'll say, everyone. No, no judgment, by the way, from This Is Us over here. That's another topic for another time. I'm not talking about this show. Atrocious. Right. Just Mandy Moore crying and hugging a white dude. I I, I can't get on board with that Mandy show. Mandy Moore is so hot. I Great. I will go watch that movie with Robin Williams and uh, and Jim from The Office. Uh, you know, marry the marry me Pope or whatever the hell the movie. Anyway, irrelevant. So here's my problem, right? Everybody's like, oh, what a dick. Aaron Rodgers isn't talking to his family. Hey, man, how about Aaron Rodgers' family is filled with a bunch of POSs, and, and he isn't talking to them for that reason. Yeah, we don't know the whole story. We I don't. Mean, like, you and I. It nors with our business either had, way. Yeah, we've both had issues with people in our family. Like, I've gone at times, like, months on end not talking to my mom and my sister for reasons I'm not going to get into on here. But, like, we like, there's there's three sides to every story. Side A, side B, and the truth. Like, we just don't know. And at the end of the day, who cares? That's his own business. I don't... 
The guy's a phenomenal football player. I don't care what happens with his family. That's his damn business. It's no relevance to anything. It's such a clickbait thing. If he wasn't in the playoffs, that thing wouldn't have dropped when it did. It, it's just it's just absurd. And that this is the, what I hate about the media. This is your story. This is your quote-unquote sports story. Is talking about a guy and his relationship with their family. It has nothing to do with the football field. It's such lazy reporting. And his dad is coming out talking left and right. Shut up, man. That's your son. You're supposed to protect that guy. No matter yeah. what your relationship with is, you're going in the media and bashing him. Does he have a book coming out? Like, I don't understand what his problem is. And his Do you brother- think that's part of how his brother got on The Bachelor? Like, he... He put that juicy little tidbit out to there to him. Oh, like, oh you know, we don't speak. Like, oh god, yes. They're like, oh, you're in. Yeah. You have a celebrity, you know, athlete brother, and you guys don't communicate or talk. Oh yeah, you're perfect. Oh, absolutely. He's like, this is a ratings juggernaut. Right, and interesting enough, he made it to the. I think he won or was in the final or whatever. I, I think the fiance could uh, probably provide some clarity on that. No, he he was the bachelor. So uh... it was women vying for his attention. So this douchebag got like twenty, like basically smoking. Hot dime pieces to just vie for his. Oh, attention. he was the bachelor. I thought he was yeah. part of. Oh, I, I watched the I gotcha. end with her, and I'll be honest too. Like I've never watched that show before, but the fact that it's Roger's brother, I was like, well, you know, the lady likes it. I guess I'll check it out quick. Maybe it'll be some kind of tie into sports when there was absolutely zero. Yeah, the only tie into sports is that. Uh, oh, my brother is probably the best quarterback that's ever lived. Other than that, that's yeah. the only tie. I it's think ridiculous. I think the lady was telling me, too, he played football at college. I forget where. But... Vanderbilt, I think. I think he played at Vanderbilt. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. There's a powerhouse. Yeah, and I think, um, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, he, um, I, I want to say he had a cup of coffee in the NFL, or maybe a cup of cappuccino, or maybe a shot in the NFL. It was barely nothing. He wasn't in the NFL yeah, for Yeah, one long. of those Starbucks energy shots. Yeah, exactly. So... Anyway, this is just lazy reporting. I, I just don't understand what purpose it served. It has nothing to do with the game. You know, it's just, I, I don't I don't understand this world's obsession with this crap. It, it literally has nothing to do with anything. Um, so, I don't know. But that's all I really wanted to touch on with that. So, again, to remind everybody, you're listening to Under the Hoodies. That's Tony DeNicola. Oh, quick. Go ahead. You're, you're right. He it was Vanderbilt. He went undrafted in 2013. Uh, had uh, cups of coffee with Jacksonville and Tampa Bay in 2013, then the Miami Dolphins, and then the BC Lions in 2015. So, and I don't think he has any stats to report on. So, closes the book on him. Yeah, and I do wonder what amount of jealousy there is. I, I, I just don't. I don't think this is the full story. And you know what? Good, big credit to Aaron Rodgers because he will not elaborate on it. He won't even touch it. It's just nobody's business. So. You know, before we go judging Aaron Rodgers and his relationship with his family, how about there's one party that's not saying anything about it, and there's other ones that are saying something about it? Yeah. Um, Also, too, uh, you know, you had two news stories. I've got a third one for you, Billy Boy. Very excited. And this is... This is personal for the Buffalo area. Oh, boy. Mario Williams' Orchard Park Mansion is on the market still. Listen to this. Nine nine bathrooms, five bedrooms. He bought this sucker for $2.5 million. He's been trying to sell it for $3 million for the last 242 days. Surprisingly, no one's, you know, no one's taking the bait. Because no one in Buffalo can live in that house. Yeah, that I. fun fact, I actually delivered across the street from him. I delivered to um, Bills fans. You might know a certain gentleman by the name of Jim Kelly. I actually delivered him some beverages, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, it's that place is just ridiculous. It is massive. If you've never seen it, just go online and just enter Mario Williams Mansion or Orchard Park, and that place is ridiculous. I don't know who would want to buy that monstrosity or who who in the Buffalo area could afford it. You know, if you go there, um, excuse me, if you go on Zillow. And you do like the search or whatever. It's the most expensive house on the market in Buffalo. I think by like a million. Um, yeah, and I've yeah. been to Jim Kelly's house as well for for the same reason you have. And it is funny that he has a giant like Pepsi machine with his uh, body on it. That's a that's a power yeah. that's a power move right there. That is an you know what though? power move. Can- Considering he's Jim Kelly, I mean his house is pretty set far back in the woods. It's a, it's like it's a nice house, but it's nothing crazy extravagant. Like it's, you know, it's just a, it's just a good, decent house. He's not like living beyond his means or going crazy with it. Like you know, it's it's nice. Like 
it's not a mansion or anything nuts. Right, but yeah, it is a nice house. It's a very nice house. Um, but yeah, it is. I love back. his dogs too. By the way, he's got two awesome dogs. I think they're black. They're labs. both black labs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, they're very friendly. Dogs. Um, so again, uh, under the hoodies, I. Uh, <laughs> Follow us at Under the Hoodies. Good Lord. Uh, follow us at Under the Hoodies <laughs> at B, Bill K. Eagle. I don't even know my name. And at Tony Q. Do the plugs for 44. You? Yeah, because I am a... Uh, You're struggling. Buddy. I am not having a good day. So, um... Head oh, I got a question for you, sure. too. Uh, as far as Buffalo goes, what do you think sells first? Uh, Mario Williams' house or Rex Ryan's truck? Oh, the truck. Uh, 100% the truck. I mean, there's... Some... With the build decals, or do they take them off? No, I think they keep them, but I think everybody takes turns getting power bombed on it. Yeah, there's got to be some member of Bill's Mafia that actually has a decent-paying job that will buy that truck. Well, this guy over here has no intention of buying that damn thing. It's so... It's... You can't you can't power bomb through the truck. I mean, you got to keep the body looking nice. I could see uh, I could see a Bill's Mafia member doing a moonsault off the back of it. Oh, man, speaking of moonsault... Superfly Jimmy Stucka, we'd be remiss not to call that guy the biggest effing scumbag on the planet and the world's a better place now that he's dead. I, so go ahead listen, on in that because I know you wanted to I, talk about this. I do. I'm so sick of seeing the rest in peace, Jimmy Stucka, Superfly. People, do a little bit of research. This guy murdered his girlfriend, fiance, wife back in the 80s and basically got away with it scot-free. They were trying to put him up on charges with new DNA evidence, but they basically found that he was not competent enough to stand trial. And this was just like six weeks ago. No, this was like, I'm not. No, this was twelve days before he died. They dismissed yeah, the I, charges because he was unfit to stand trial. But they brought him up on those murder charges. He absolutely did that crap. And and the yeah. and, and I don't understand how you call the police after beating the hell out of your wife and then flee and then it's like oh. She was married to uh, the, the famous wrestler Jimmy Snoop, Superfly Snooka, and uh, and you just get away with it. It's it's absurd. Yeah, everybody, well, if you, the world's a better place. He's dead. Thank yeah, God. And I if, hope he effing if you suffered. Read the pol- yeah, if you read the police report, like he claims that someone like broke in and attacked his wife and caused blunt force trauma to her head to the point that like brain matter was oozing out of her skull. Like the guy is a sick, twisted scumbag. Got away with it for thirty plus years. You know, lived a great life, had a great career in the WWF. Like, I am not going to mourn this guy. Like, and I, I, God, I just want to go off on people on social media who keep doing it. I'm like, dude, do just an ounce of research on this guy. Like, he is a complete and utter scumbag. Yeah, absolutely. Again, world's a better place. All right. Yep. So let's do what we're here to do, Tony. Let's talk about, we're going to go in order like we always do Green Bay at Atlanta. First of all, give me your score. Oh man, um, God, the this is I I just feel I think you feel the same way. This is gonna be a shootout. This will just be the high scoring shoot 'em up corral rodeo. This is gonna be a fun game to watch. Uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go balls to the wall here. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Green Bay 41, oh, God. Atlanta 38. I think it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be fun to watch. So I just don't think there's neither team has a great defense. The only way Atlanta plays good defense, like I said is by getting up by a couple scores, and you're not going to just outscore Green Bay. They're going to match you score for score. I literally think it's going to come down to Green Bay having the ball last and scoring, and that's going to that's gonna be the end of it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, I have 38-31 uh, Green Bay, so it looks like we both have Green Bay in the Super Bowl here. So I agree with you on the defense as well. So what Atlanta was able to do against Seattle, they're not going to be able to do against Green Bay. Green Bay, for all their deficiencies and their shortcomings, I'll tell you where they don't have one outside of quarterback, and that is the tackle position. Both sides of their line are pretty stout. So Vic Beasley is going to have a lot of problems trying to go against Brian Balaga and uh, trying to get to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think that that's going to be an issue, and that's really where their defense begins and ends is with the pass rush. Then all Marcus Trufant, um, you know, uh, uh God, I'm drawing a blank. Why, why am I doing the, the Keanu uh, freaking the rookie they have or whatever? He's just a rookie. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is in no way obviously going to be intimidated by Keanu Neal. Good Lord, Bill. Um, it, it's not like it, it, this is a decent defense. It's a young defense. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you saw, I mean, the two defenses he played before them are uh, better. 
and so and the, he's they're in a controlled environment they're in a dome probably i think it is going to be the last game of the georgia it is the last game of the georgia dome bill what are you talking about last game of the georgia dome um and i think aaron Rodgers is going to blow it up before the demolition team can so um oh, wow yeah Ouch. yeah yeah so atlanta did win the last game in week eight 33 to 32 it's sort of kind of a uh kind of a shootout so that being said man i i, I just this it's not going to be a whole lot of defense played here. There, there just isn't. It's um, you know, it, and that's good for ratings, man. I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. we've seen we've seen too many sputtering offenses and mediocre, just offensive play. Like, I'm ready for a high scoring shootout. I'm perfectly okay with it. No, it'll I, be fun to watch, man. After the atrocity of sitting through the 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 New England um, Houston game the other night, because the the Mill is a huge Patriots fan. I don't know how. I don't know why. She's big into Boston sports. I love her to death. She's a sweetheart. Please don't judge her, but I judge her enough. So, but yeah, it's, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to see this game. No, I can't either. So, um, uh, do you, do you think Jordy Nelson actually plays? I, I just, I really doubt it. And even if he does, all it's going to take is one good shot over the middle. I mean, two broken ribs, like that's. I've never broken my ribs, but I watched my buddy firsthand do it, and he was basically on his couch for a good three weeks, like just sneezing and coughing and breathing hurt. No, oh, yeah, I, I I don't think he's gonna play. I think if they make it to the Super Bowl, he will. But um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but uh, but no, I, I definitely I definitely see this as being a shootout, and I think that um, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think Matt Ryan does hold the ball a little too long, and I think that. Peppers is gonna feast on that, and um, I don't know, man. I, I I really do see this game uh, just being, you know, absurdly but even high. Even if scoring. he does, even if he is holding on the ball, I mean, he's got that quick outlet with Freeman or Coleman out of the backfield. Like, yeah, he has so many weapons to spread it around. You can't just single out one guy. Like that's what some people don't know. It's not just Julio Jones. It's not just Sanu. I mean, they have weapons all over the field. No, they very they do they very much do. So the line for this, by the way, it's Falcons by four and a half. That's higher than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. So I'm almost talking myself out of it a little bit now. I'm almost wanting to take Atlanta. As much as I want to see, you know, Rodgers in the Super Bowl again. I don't know, man. I'm starting to lean that way more. Yeah. No, I'm going to stick with Green Bay. I do think it's going to be a close game as well. I think it's going to come down to the last possession. I think they win by a touchdown. You say by a field goal. So um, the line, uh, like I said, is four and a half on this. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything else about this game. I mean, I think you're going to hear everything you're going to. Um, it's just going to be a shootout. It's not going to be a lot of defense. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan, probably the MVP. All that fun stuff. Do you have anything else to add to this game before we move on? Uh, I'm just thinking maybe we should bet this game. Because you said the line's four and a half. I'll take Atlanta at four and a half. No, we're betting the next game. Oh, okay. Remember, right, we talked fine. about this already. Oh, yes, yes. All right, never mind. So you're going to be mad at me though about the next game because I flipped. I, I I can't I can't come up with a reasonable score here. But uh, so what I came with is it's in New England. The weather's going to be 40 and cloudy. That's actually great conditions for New England at this time of the year. So yeah, especially six o'clock at night yeah, on the East Coast. Yeah. So I have New England 27 24. Patriots as of right now are six point favorites. So you're taking New England 27-24 over Pet? Yep, by three, yeah. Hmm. I, I I just feel the way that Brady played last week. I mean, he had 20 incompletions versus 18 completions. This, uh, this is the only time I can remember in a long time that he's thrown more incompletions than completions. And adding to the fact the whole uh, Antonio Brown Facebook Live thing, I just think that's also bulletin board material. I feel like Brady and Belichick are, I mean, they're already super motivated as it is. I think there's just more, you know, more of wood on the fire. Oh man, I'm going to take, I'm going to take New England a bit of a blowout. I'm going to take New England 31, Pittsburgh 17. I just think, I don't think Roethlisberger has been playing his best football this year. And I think they might struggle a little bit. That's fair. Um, So I think this game is going to come down to two players um exchanging blows here and i think it's Le'Veon bell and i think it's Deion lewis i think whoever wins that matchup whoever has the better game i think that's your winner and i'm not saying that Deion lewis is a better player than bell i am saying that Deion lewis can have a bigger impact against 
Pittsburgh defense as as opposed to Bell versus New England's defense. I think they're going to well, game plan for Bell, and I think that they're going to, I think they're going to do their best to limit him. I mean, you're you're dealing with the best defensive mind in NFL history right now in Bill Belichick. He will scheme and game plan for Le'Veon Bell. He probably has been for weeks. Yeah, I, I feel like Bell, too, we just come to expect what he's going to do. I mean, he had 30 rushes for 170 yards against KC in a, you know, a defensive-minded game. Um, I, I think he's going to get his no matter what. He'll probably get 150-plus scrimmage yards. But I think Deion Lewis, just whatever he brings to the table is extra for New England in a way. Like if he gets 100-plus yards and a couple scores, that's just going to take New England over the top. Whereas with Pittsburgh's offense, you just come to expect Bell to have a 150 plus scrimmage yards in a couple scores. So I think, yeah, I, I can agree with you. I think Deion Lewis will be a big key. If he gets in the end zone, he does a little more than usual. I think that can power New England, you know, along with uh, Brady just chucking all over the yard at times. What did you say the score was going to be? Sorry. I'm going to take New England 31, Pittsburgh 17. Oh, wow. I'm taking a blowout. Wow. Yes. All right. So yep. you have New England covering. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah, my uh, my Steelers buddy John will not be happy about that one, but that's how I see it. Yeah, all right. They just they didn't impress me against KC, man. That offense struggled in the red zone. I just think New England is just hyper motivated. I wish we had the day after off because I would actually tell you to come here and watch it, but very difficult to do that. Yeah, can I go out at a quick tangent on that too? Sure. Because we have all these. I shouldn't call them stupid holidays because some are good. I guess you know, President's Day. I almost said MLK Day. I'm not going to do that. Like, that's that's a great cause. Martin Luther King did great work. That's a great holiday. That's deserved. But can we just, like, drop President's Day or, um, God, what's another one I'm trying to think of? Uh, Columbus Day. Can we drop one of those two holidays and move it into early February and make it the day after the Super Bowl? The fact that the day after the Super Bowl is not a national holiday is absurd. They've done studies on it productivity plummets on that day from people being at Super Bowl parties the night before from people out drinking having fun hosting parties they have literally said that for majority of companies it would be cheaper and more cost effective for them to not even turn on the lights or open up the doors on that Monday like we can we just get that day off it's ridiculous it's it's the biggest party night the night before of the year besides New Year's like let us get Super Bowl Monday off. I, I I don't know who to talk to. Maybe our president-elect Trump can work on that, but we we got to have that day off. I'm going to start a petition or something online. Maybe we can get, I don't know, I forget how many signatures it takes to get the president to look at something, but I feel like I could easily get the minimum for that. Yeah, I agree with you on this uh, 100%. I, you know, before my my current employer... Uh, I used to take every Super Bowl Monday off. The, uh, every every year, I worked. I uh, outside of the army, um, I worked uh, almost no Monday after the Super Bowl before uh, my current employer. So uh, easier said than done. But we did have a raffle uh, thing for whatever United Way at work, and uh, the guy that won it. Big shout out to Mike. Mike is a massive football fan. Now the guy that won it last year is Chris. You know Chris. I love Chris to death, man. But the fact that he's not a football fan and got that day off, that just stung so deep. I, I was I was trying to bargain with him and try to like trade him that day or barter with him for it. Yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But I'm glad that Mike got it off. Um, so, uh, big shout out to Mike there. Um, all right. So, looks like our Super Bowl is going to be New England, Green Bay. Both of us. So... Let's hope that happens, man. That was my pick yeah. years ago, or uh, for a couple of years there. I feel like Berman picking the Niners' Bills every year. So uh, we'd have to go back, but I'm pretty sure I picked this at the beginning of the season just to toot my own horn. I'm, I'm pretty positive I picked New England versus Green Bay, and it's this is the best matchup, man. I want to see the two best quarterbacks in the league go at it head to head. Yeah, like we we haven't gotten that matchup yet in the Super Bowl. I think it'd be amazing to see. Even more amazing at week eleven, this team was four and six, and they haven't lost since. It's kind of incredible. Um, yep. As my buddy PJ would tell you, man, they're running the table. They're they're running that table the whole way up the mountain. Ah, uh, man, I, that must be one light table, man, because they're trucking with that thing. Yeah, I, they yeah they look like they're wearing a, a an empty camel back up the mountain right now. So yeah, it's it's got to be one of those cheap plastic ones that Bills Mafia uses at tailgates all the time, like. Bill's Mafia, real quick, man. Next season, step your game up. Use a good wooden table. Just pre-cut it like they do in the WWE. 
I don't know why they just don't start smashing each other in the head with the guitars. Just go full Jeff oh, Jarrett. I, dude, it's going to happen, man. I Just give them time. Yeah, the table's starting to get old, man. After after the compound fracture, that fat guy through jumping off the uh, the Ford Explorer. I, I I don't know. I, I think they have to stop yeah. the table thing. I think they have to. They have well, to step no, it up. just be smart about it, man. Watch some. Go on the WWE Network. Watch some wrestling matches. You never. I've never seen a wrestler go through feet first. That's just that's plain idiocy. And we've talked about it too. I'm excited for next season. I think it'll be great for the show. If we can get a portable microphone and we just go out into the madness in the lots and we just interview members of Bill's Mafia and pop it up on Facebook Live and we can use the material on the show. Yeah. No, I, I think agree. the perfect game, the perfect mix of anarchy has got to be Bill's Raiders next season. There's no better game to go to. I agree with this. All right. So, uh, uh, real quick, before we do our, uh, you know, before we settle our bet from last week, I give you a movie that uh, it's going to take us eight years to watch. So here we go. ESPN Browns reporter Pat McManon, Mammon, whatever I can't pronounce. Expect Cleveland to talk. Manamana? Yeah. Manamon. Manamon. Yeah, McManamon. I've never heard of this guy. It's funny because the viewer, or not viewers, listeners can't see it, but I'm literally watching you read that off your phone. And you remember like back in like third or fourth grade when you would read out loud in front of the class and you go around the room and each person took their turn with it and there was always that one kid in the corner like little jimmy where you're just like oh christ like don't don't let jimmy read today the 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 oh god jimmy give me the book i'll finish it for you this is a very confusing name that i've never heard before so anyway pat mcmahon expects cleveland to target tyrod taylor if he's released by the bills oh So my question is, who who is their quarterback next season? They're I, not re-signing EJ. Yeah. Um, well, Doug Whaley has never seemed to be a big fan of Taylor after ex-coach Rex Ryan handpicked him and started him over Whaley's bust, EJ Manuel. Tyra, Taylor will have no shortage of suitors once he's free. He'd be a fine match in Cleveland with Hugh Jackson. Boy, so you went from the second-to-worst franchise in the NFL to the worst franchise in the NFL, and they have worse uniforms, and... Uh, you know, Cleveland actually is a little better to live in than Buffalo. So, but good gravy, man. Good gravy. <sighs> I love Bill's good gravy, by the way. What is, what are they doing? I just don't understand. Like, I, I just don't understand what the Bills are doing. Anyway, we don't need to get, that's another episode. We're going to have a full on, what are the Bills doing episode uh, after the season. <laughs> um, are you, one episode or a six part mini series? Yeah, this is going to be like True Detective. Season three. It's going to be our entire off season. Oh, God. Um, should do an audio book. I should write a book on the Bills 2016. Just the, I'll, I'll call it the fun and dysfunctional. And then it'll be me just uh, just bashing the Bills. Oh, you know what we could do? We could write it out and have... Um, oh, God, why am I slipping on his name? He used to work with us. Your buddy there who does the, um, the impressions. Oh, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, Justin. Yeah. Oh, man. I miss that dude, by the way. Have him read it but, like uh, uh, Joe Pesci. Yes, yes. Pesci, he could do Pesci and um, what was that uh, Christopher other one Walken, really well. very good Christopher yeah, Walken. Yeah, Pesci and Walken. Yeah, he taught. He's the one that taught me how to do Mark Wahlberg. Which, if I don't slip on it, I'm like uh, you know, I, I, I'll screw up the, the the verbiage. But I think I got the impression down pretty good. All right, I'll start it out. Ready? Oh my God! I think New England's going to beat Pittsburgh twenty-seven twenty-four this weekend. That's not bad. I can only do cartoon characters, so. Yeah, your Elmo and Mickey are very, very horrifying, to say the least. So. Well, that's because I make them uber creepy. Like, Elmo watching you sleep. Oh, that tickles! <laughs> Elmo watches you while you sleep. Oh, my God. You just reminded Sodomy, me. Yay! My daughter has this toy that interacts with her, and uh, has a little app on the phone or whatever. It says her name. Oh, I think that thing's going to just, just, I'm just going to wake up one, one day and that thing is just going to be on top of me with a knife at my neck and it's going to have my wallet and he's going to be pulling out cash and he's just going to freaking drive my car away. Like that thing is creepy. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah Cause it'll just, nuts. it'll just start talking. Your daughter lights up when I do it. Too. Oh my God. See fight. She loves it. Yeah. She's a fan. So, but yeah, I just don't understand what this freaking elbow it's, that interacts. I like, I feel like I've taken the batteries out and the thing still talks. It's going to suck for you, like, when she grows up in, like, 17, 18 years. And she has this, like, weird uh, weird fantasy with furries. Not happening. You, you know that whole thing where people, like, dress up in the outfits? 
I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but I'm actually just looking around in my attic right now to see if there's a good piece of 2x4 to hang myself if that happens. Uh, so that's a, a glamour. I'm looking at you on Skype. That'd be a great way to end the podcast. Yeah, just the sound of your lifeless body hanging. She's a delicate, sweet angel, and she is never going to be in anything other than uh, you know. I'm gonna have locks on the inside of the windows, so uh, or the outside of the windows, so she can't get out. Um, Her boyfriend comes over one day years from now, just dressed as Elmo. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, damn it! I should have taken that doll away. I know. Oh God. Um, all right, so. Let's go. I won last week. You are gonna watch the movie yep. True Romance. If you have to buy it, buy it. If you can't find it, you give me such chick flick. True Romance is a Quentin Tarantino script. It's Quentin Tarantino's version of a chick flick. It's now. It's, At least I give you sweaty men and spandex. The WWE Network selections. I am telling you right now, this movie is not a chick flick by any stretch. True Romance. Don't All let right. the title mislead you. It's Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. In the early '90s, Brad Pitt. This there's so many people in this movie that aren't that are famous now that weren't at the time. Brad Pitt is Michael Rappaport's stoner roommate. Is great Floyd. He's so good. Rappaport is so good in this movie. I do love me some Rappaport and some Brad. Pitt. Oh, James, um, James Gandolfini. Uh, everybody here might know him as Tony Soprano. He's yeah, in this. You movie may have heard of him as a gay hitman. He's awesome, dude. He's so <laughs> awesome in this movie. Um, <gasps> Oh god! And then there's that's like uh, remember when The Rock was in? Um, oh god! What was, um, that? It was like be what? cool. Yeah, that was the yeah, only cool. good part of that the, movie. Yeah, the gay hitman. Yeah, that was great. Oh my or god! The gay bodyguard. The gay bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. the pink baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when you knew that dude. That character. That's when you knew that guy was a star. Oh yeah, his charisma was through the roof. So I'm gonna read you the synopsis on on this. Okay, in Detroit. Oh, hold on. Lost you here on Skype. Okay. In Detroit, a lonely pop culture geek marries a call girl, steals cocaine from her pimp, and tries to sell it in Hollywood. Meanwhile, the owners of the cocaine, the mob, track them down in an attempt to reclaim it. Gary Gary Oldman as uh, Gary Gary Oldman Oldman is amazing in this movie is Drexel Spivey, who thinks he's black, and he refers to Christian Bale as uh, thinking it must be white boy day. As a white guy, it's this. This movie has so many layers. It's it's a Tony Scott movie. Quentin Tarantino wrote it. This is like I said. This is his version of a rom com. Uh, it's so fantastic. This is this also has one of my favorite scenes in movie history in it, and it's when Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken are in his trailer in, uh, in Dennis Hopper's trailer, and Dennis Hopper gives a speech that I am not going to repeat because uh, this this show with uh, a few hundred listeners will get shut down if I even try to attempt to recreate this very racist speech. But um, fantastic! Uh, he basically compares Africans and uh, Sicilians, and uh, it gets ugly. So, um, wait, so Christian Bale and Gary Oldman are in this. So I basically Christian, get Christian, Batman no, 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 Christian Slater. Oh, Slater. Oh, okay. I thought I got Batman and Lieutenant Jim Gordon for a second. No, 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 no. Commissioner Gordon. He got promoted in oh, the okay. second one. Come on. Um, oh, yes. Jeez, yeah, man. Depends what movie you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So, True Romance is just. Oh, I get so giddy talking about this movie. I have other bad news. You ever seen the movie White Man Can't Jump? Oh, of course. They're remaking I it. I... I'm out. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not even acknowledging this. They remade Point Break. They remade Point Break. Like, uh, did you really need already, to... We already went off on this last time. Like, Hollywood, stop it. Are there no original ideas? Oh, my God. I could write a movie script if you give me a few weeks, and it'll, it'll be decent than some stupid remake... Uh, why? Who? Who is even going to be in it? Ugh. You can't remake that. Blake Griffin is helping produce the remake. Oh yeah, all oh, that. Oh, that's going to be great. I'm sure. Yeah. It doesn't much. say who is in here. Oh, I want to curse so bad right now. F this. F that movie. F the remake. Like, oh god. So basically, the woman. Or I don't. Is it a woman? The creator of ABC's acclaimed comedy Blackish is teaming up with Clippers player Blake Griffin and Ryan Khalil. That's a great show, by the way, Blackish. Uh, and Ryan Khalil of NFL's Carolina Panthers to develop a remake of the 1992 sports comedy for the 20th Century Fox. They don't have uh, they they don't have uh, stars attached yet. It doesn't look like. Um, but why just throw a dog uh, in there too and make it like airplane? Oh my why don't we just go god, with dude. It? Oh my god! Because um, we saw how well that went with Ghostbusters. That was phenomenal. Most hated movie trailer of all time. Ugh. 
They okay. They remade Ghostbusters. Terrible. They're gonna remake White Man Can't Jump. That's gonna be terrible. They remade RoboCop. Terrible. They remade Point Break. Terrible. Why do they keep doing this? Those movies don't need to be touched. And the fact that Justin Bieber somehow had his hands in remaking Back to the Future, if that happens, I'm done with movies. I'll never watch movies again. I'm done. No. And I love them. But I, I can't. I can't live in a world where Justin Bieber plays you, man, Marty McFly. This is how serial killers. This is how serial killers are born. Oh god! This is how it happens. You're just pissing off the '90s kids. One of us. One of us is gonna just snap one day. White men can't. I knew how to shoot a gun. You got military expertise. Let's go. I oh, I don't want to. I'll drive the car. Dude. Uh, <laughs> why would white men can't I'm jump? Done with Hollywood. Does it need to be? Why can't we come up with original ideas? Why are we looking to Stanley and then movies from the late '80s and early '90s for, to regurgitate? It's it's absurd. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Do you want to see an original movie, an original idea? Go watch Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. That is the best sci-fi movie I've seen. Granted, it's based off a novel, but the novel in and of itself is extremely creative. Why aren't there movies like that? And that movie bombed. That got great yeah. reviews. And that movie bombed at the box office. That is that to me. Other than other than Rain Man, is probably my favorite Tom Cruise movie of all time. Oh, so frustrating. I just you don't need. I don't even have. I don't even have words for it without just dropping f bombs left and right. I, I have nothing. I'm so mad. What's your favorite like... sports movie of all time? By the way, mine is White Man Can't Jump, and I stand by it. Uh, are we talking good sports movie or like nostalgia? Your favorite. Movie? There's a, there's definitely a distinction. My favorite. Okay. I'm not saying it's the greatest. I'm saying it's my favorite. I'll watch the crap out of it. I'll quote it all the time. It's gotta be the Sandlot. I love that movie to death. That's in my three. I will tell you that's in my three favorite sports movies of all yeah. time. I just, I, I, the, the part I love so much too is when, um, when Squints drowns himself in the pool yeah. just so he can make out with Wendy Peppercorn so she gives him CPR. That it, dude. Uh, okay, ladies, you don't understand. That's a total guy move. When you have a crush like that, you will go to the ends of the earth just to get her attention or to try something with her. Like, I can totally relate with that. Like, that, it makes so much sense in my eyes, what he did. Man, I, uh, a young Marley Shelton in that, too. She was, uh, she was quite the dime piece back in her day i'll tell you that so pulled off that uh <sighs> lipstick well oh man so yeah that's it love that movie oh my god the s'mores dude are you kidding me i've got a shirt that's got the i can't remember his name but uh the freckled catcher the fat kid and on the shirt it's him in his catcher's gear just saying you're killing me smalls like i got it at target like i it's the best 12 dollars i ever spent it's bertram ham porter Ah, there we go. Yeah. I think I, I just saw him at a commercial the other day. Too, yeah, he looks like the exactly the same but bigger. It's so weird. Yeah, he just he hasn't changed at all. No, it's great. No. Um, all right, Tony, you got anything else before we go? Uh, no, man. I think I'm good. I don't have anything anything to watch for. I will have a big one next week. I thought it was coming up soon, but I'll have to wait till next week for it. But yeah, I, I got nothing, man. Yeah, I think you and I are going to have the same one there. So uh, I would just tell everybody to go ahead and find True Romance and watch it. It's it's incredible. It's it, uh, it's Tarantino. In my opinion, it's Tarantino's best script. Not his best movie, but definitely his best script. Um, it, it, the more you talk about it, the tighter your man jeans get. Or your dad jeans, if you will. I'm wearing Syracuse basketball shorts, actually. You'd be proud. They're orange. Hey, oh, that's my boy. Yeah, man. Even though they got waxed by North Carolina the other night. Yeah, but, that'll happen. Oh, yeah, and I can't wait for you guys to come out. Uh, actually, not this weekend, but next weekend. Week from Saturday. It's going to be a, a great time. Yeah, it will be. All right, buddy. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? I, I want I want the last word here because I'm going to I'm gonna, I, yes. I have a sign-off. I just want to do the plugs. Everybody, we appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening. We do new episodes. We usually upload them every Wednesday, maybe Thursday morning. You are listening to Under the Hoodies. Please, please find us on Twitter at Under the Hoodies. He is at Bill K. Eagle. I am at Tony Cuse 44. Hit us up. Support us with that retweet. Uh, if you feel like it, DM us. Uh, Bill, not so much. Me, I'm on there all the time. You can get a hold of me. I want your feedback, positive, negative. If you just want to yell at me, think I'm an idiot, completely wrong, hey, feel free, man. Take your shots. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. But uh, we appreciate your guys' support. Uh, you can find us on iTunes as well. Just search back sports page, three words, back sports page. Just hit the subscribe button. 
Just find every Under the Hoodies episode, download them. You don't even have to listen to all of it. Just download it, just so our numbers go up. That's all we really want. And, of course, check out the website, BackSportsPage.com. And that's all I got, Billy Boy. All right, Tony, you podcast like a girl. 